I have $100,000 of cold hard cash in this case. Four chefs get $25,000 each. If they want to leave this kitchen with any of the cash, they have to survive three culinary challenges and each other. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Watch yourself. In a game where sabotage is not only encouraged, forcing them to do their cooking in the smallest cast iron skillet I could find. No way. It's for sale. 3,000. It's a game we like to call <laughs> Cutthroat Kitchen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Patreon exclusive podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. This is a walkie talkie episode. So I'm wandering and rambling, talking about game shows. Now, if you are new to this Patreon-exclusive version of Game Shows, I suppose, the original Game Shows, I suppose, is coming to an end in November. I don't know when this episode's coming out. I'm recording a whole bunch in different batches whenever I feel like it. Mostly out of a, you know, I'm really in the mood to talk about a game show right now. That kind of a reaction. It's also, I'm recording this in the summer. It's very hot. And I have a fan running, so if you hear this, don't mind me. It was hot. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> this is a, a game show that I really love. When I was on my list of culinary shows as game shows, this was the first show that sprang to mind as a game show. Because it felt really cool. Now, I, there's a whole lot of game shows I haven't talked about yet. I eventually have to talk about guys' grocery games. I understand. I have to talk about a supermarket stakeout yet again. But this one, I just like, I feel like it's just one of those I need to talk about kind of shows. But I put it away in the side because I don't really think there's much to really talk about. I don't really want to talk about different contestants. I don't really want to talk about like that many of the different things. It really is just a simple format that I enjoy. Uh, the show I'm talking about is my favorite show ever, aside from the other show the guy hosted uh, on the Food Network. I'm talking, of course, of Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen is my favorite game show on Food Network. Alton Brown is my favorite Food Network personality. Reason we love Alton Brown? He's a scientific nerdy dude who can break down science. And, and to me, that's what I loved about Good Eats at the time. It's in this world of like culinary chefs. Here's this average Joe who worked in movies just making food and then having fun visual gags and explaining how yeast eats sugar and grows. And it's like, I love that science. That's That's the kind of fascination part of it. And I love when people say it was the Mr. Wizard of cooking shows. It's like, yeah, that's kind of a nice way of looking at it. Sure. And it got me thinking about a lot of internet personalities, people that I enjoyed over the years. And to me, Good Eats is that fantastic cooking show because it's not just like, hi, we're making spaghetti and meatballs and spaghetti and a meatball comes from Italy. And it's always some anecdote about like, I went to an Italian restaurant. No, it's it's kind of like, did you know spaghetti comes from this Italian word, which also means this, and the original spaghetti meatballs recipe dates back to 18th century, 
and it's not actually Italian, it's actually French. Like, like stuff like that is always what I love about, like, the show. It's always, like, fun, fascinating facts. Now, of course, I just be a whole lot of bullshit. I do not know anything about the history of spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> it's just on my plate as one. It's a fun show. But anything from a steak to fried chicken to uh, in modern day, because they brought the show back on Food Network, things like in the modern tech trends, like sous cooking, is all discussed and how it's formed and the technology involved. And I love it so very much. But when they ended Good Eats in the early 2000s, I, I was kind of sad because I was kind of like, to me, that was the show I grew up watching and enjoying. That, to me, was cooking shows. It, there's going to be you know, probably an honest toss somewhere earlier than this where I talk about uh, different childhood people that I admire and why I enjoy that a lot. Uh, so when Good Eats ended, obviously Alton Brown wanted to go away from Good Eats for a while, take a break. So he had things like feasting on asphalt. He later, uh, Iron Chef America, he was the... Basically, the the ex, the explanation of, of all these different things, and it was like a good like uh, info thrower, a commentator, if you will, on, on the proceedings, which I enjoyed. Uh, but obviously, Alton wanted that new thing. Now, how did Cutthroat Kitchen come to be? Is one of the fun stories. So there is a show also on Food Network called Search for the Next Food Network Star. You probably have heard of it. And it's basically like a talent show search for Food Network personalities. And some people ended up getting a show on the Food Network. People like Guy Fieri. Now, Alton Brown was one of the, the creatives behind the show. And one of the ideas he had was a cooking competition where everyone has little chips, like a casino. And they would buy ingredients using these chips, but it's an auction. And once you're out of auction chips, well, then you can't buy anything else. And it's basic ingredients to mainline ingredients. And I thought, that is that should be the game show. However, he wanted it to be a next step above. Because he thought, like, yes, you can buy ingredients should definitely be something interesting. However... I think this needs to be a bit more sadistic of a show. And that sadistic nature of it made for what I call one of the greatest cooking competition shows of all time. When I think a lot of sadistic game shows, I think of things like Extreme Chef, which is just like, hey, what if you cook and we just put a fan in your face and you have to do a taste spoon? Isn't that exciting? Or The Taste is actually one of my other favorite shows. That was a show with Anthony Bourdain, and uh, they also had Ludo, Chef Ludo. And uh, that was a very fun attempt to make uh, basically an X factor for cooking competition. But something about this show works. Now, before you get into what's you mean sabotaging and cutthroat, no, there's no snakes and spiders. There's no gross-out fear factor garbage. This is really just a cooking competition show. What makes it sadistic, however, is that you're supposed to cook a main ingredient. So in each round, there's a food item he just wants. Oh, it's like grilled cheese sandwich in a tomato soup. How hard can it be? Tomato soup 
and a grilled cheese sandwich. And you have 30 minutes to make one. So now you have one minute to go into a pantry and get all the ingredients necessary to make grilled cheese and tomato soup. Go. Now they have to rush over to the pantry, grab their ingredients, and then rush back. If they're trapped in, much like the crystal maze, uh, they have to forfeit one ingredient to Alton Brown. Now we get to the good stuff. This is what makes Cutthroat Kitchen work. Alton Brown starts the show off holding a briefcase with $100,000. No one actually gets hundred grand; They actually get up to $25,000, but it's still a good visual. And he hands each of four players $25,000 each. The only way to get their hands on the money is surviving three rounds of play. Whoever is the last one standing keeps the cash. So now that we realize you have to make a grilled cheese sandwich and a tomato soup, and you have $25,000 in your hand right now, and hey, would you look at that? We, uh, you have a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup, and you have all this money. Well, I think we should have a little bit of sabotage. And this is where the show works. Because now you can buy items that either benefit you or, most likely, sabotage the others. <clears throat> if you buy the first item, and it, you'll see a nice pizza, pe- you'll just see a nice pizza box coming out of a dumbwaiter. So Alton just slams the little dumbwaiter, and out pops a pizza box, for instance. And Alton Brown, playing like an evil villain host, goes, Mmm, delicious pizza. Oh, man, we're always delicious, always great. Yum, yum, yum. If you buy this sabotage, you will force someone to lose all of their cheese, all of their bread, and... That's right, all of their tomatoes. And must use... All of their ingredients on this large pepperoni pizza. Do I hear $500? And now suddenly an auction takes place. $500. I'll buy it for $800. $1,000. $1,500. And suddenly it becomes a a fight over who can buy (laughs) this this pizza. You You buy it and then you have to pick someone to give the sabotage to. They lose all of their ingredient, like no more tomato. They probably got tomato. They probably got bread. No more bread. No more cheese. Now they're just stuck with a large pizza. And that becomes very, very problem. Anyway, <clears throat> here's the second one. It's a sandwich maker. So now you're like, what do you mean a sandwich maker? You know one of those egg sandwich makers that they, they sell for breakfast? Alton Brown has a thing for unitaskers. He d- does not like unitaskers. He loves it. He he loves things that can do multiple things. And a breakfast machine to make your bootleg egg McMuffin, that's not really a good vessel. However, in this sabotage, you will force someone to lose all of their all of their cooking utensils and have to make all of their sandwiches and their soup using only the sandwich maker. Do I hear $500? $1,000? $3,000? $4,000? Of course, someone already got sabotaged, so they want revenge. So they're throwing five grand or something. 
and everyone's going, uh oh. You get the uh, you get the reaction like I do not want this ingredient because it's a reality show. In some regards, they have to do confessional, and then you get to the final one, <laughs> and it's uh, it's always something. There's always something that always involves like a, a, a an ingredient of some kind. So uh, you you will see something like they must be. Uh, wearing an eye patch or they're they have one hand tied behind their back or they're tied to another player or let's not kid ourselves if you now well one got the little egg sandwich machine and one got a grill i know what you're thinking of the grill of a car you win this challenge and you force two cooks to do all of their cooking on his modified kitchen looking after a grill. If it's the egg sandwich, they have to still use it, but they have to cook on the roof of this little car. Get it like a grill of a car for a grilled cheese. So you're $500. And then you got your 30 minutes to make a grilled cheese in tomato. Obviously, if someone did not get any sabotages, they can easily just go through the round and try and make it. But if someone doesn't, have the luxury of getting away with sabotages how the fuck are you going to make a grilled cheese sandwich in a tomato soup using a large pizza inside of an egg sandwich machine that is what makes the show work it it what makes the show work for me is that it plays a macgyver in the world where i mean like a lot of cooking shows it's like well if you have x y and z you can make something that's similar and like i get it that's kind of like a food network in innovation informational show this show doesn't play for information this basically plays like a macgyver episode <laughs> where how the hell can you make a grilled cheese sandwich on the hood of a car while handcuffed like that's what how does that pop it, and that becomes the thrill of the show because yes there's an auction house and if they buy the item they lose that bit of the price money so if they win the show they no longer win 25,000 they win 23,000 but also they need to hold on to their money because what if they need it for this round two or round three you never know once they get through their 30 minutes of cooking you see them falter Alton brings in their one and only judge. Now, there's two that I like. Jet Tila and Simon Mujumbar. Jet Tila, oh, God. Now, that's a guy who loves a lot of food and flavors and just is a great chef. Simon Mujumbar is a great culinary like writer and journalist. I think he's from South Africa. I'm not mistaken. And he is just this amazingly... Uh, Good shit. Now, the criteria in the show is not does is basically does it look good, does it taste good, and does it remind them of the item? So, does it look like a grilled cheese sandwich in tomato soup? Does it taste like a grilled cheese sandwich in tomato soup? And finally, does it remind you of a grilled cheese sandwich in tomato soup? And of course. It rarely ever does. So you get things like a deconstructed <laughs> grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. And it's like, basically, they just took the the pizza crust, they chopped it up, and they made it look like croutons. 
and they covered it with cheese. And then it's like, yeah, it's good, right? And then Simon has to look at this and go, yeah, chef. Now, if you asked me for a grilled cheese, I would be expecting something grilled, and I'm not seeing that at all in this. And, oh, yes, that becomes the fun. Of course, because it's reality show editing, you'll get a few of these commercial breaky things of the person getting eliminated is boo-doo-boo-doo-boo-doo-boo. And then you're left like, okay, chef uh, bumper, I guess. Chef bumper got eliminated. We return. We go into round two. Now, usually it's an appetizer and then something else in a dessert. Other times it's just three random items, which I like. Other times it fits a theme. So then we'll get to a, a round two. Uh, let's see here. Buffalo wings. I just want delicious buffalo wings. And there's three players left. I'm just coming up with ideas. I'm, like, look, I'm not just trying to steal any of the bits from the show. I'm just coming up with what would be buffalo wings. Did you know buffalo wings come from Buffalo, New York? And there's a famous football team there that we cannot use the likeness to. Doesn't matter. If you win this competition, you will force one player to have to do all of their cooking wearing a football outfit, rendering their vision a little impaired and unable to move their hands in sight. Do I hear $500? Or it will be something like, uh, if you if you know, a lot of people like to uh, cook with blue cheese, but if you win this challenge, you force one player to lose all of their ingredients. And they have to start digging for their ingredients inside this. This large tub of blue cheese. And then it becomes double there for some reason. And you're seeing some poor person losing everything that they've already thought of it, grabbing. Like chicken breast and hot sauce and butter to make a delicious chicken breast. And now suddenly... There's just this giant tub, like a bathtub full of blue cheese. And in that blue cheese is just like a pineapple and other random ingredients. Now, typically they do a pineapple because that's a recurring gag on the show is that one ingredient has to always be a pineapple. And it's like, well, I don't know. And usually those get uh, dragged into this onto the studio by Alton Brown's uh, produce, production assistant slash stage managers slash stage assistants, Bob and Bob. And it, we return to the next challenge. Now, I should stretch this out here. The, the judge, doesn't matter who it is. Could be Jet, could be Simon. They have no idea what the hell happened to you. And frankly, they don't care. So when they walk in to the, back to the studio... They have no idea what the hell happened to you as you're making a buffalo wing. And yes, you can't. What I've seen once is the uh, like a cross kind of thing where they basically have like a wooden dowel putting over their arms. So it looks like fairy wings and they have to basically move their shoulders like a little dance to cook. And oh, man, it's funny to me. That's what makes it funny. Uh, alternate ingredients. Uh, you wanted chicken. Oh, well, here's some canned chicken. Chicken in a can. It doesn't taste good. Don't care. $500. And 
when it gets to the final round, usually it's a dessert. Usually someone tries to do an ice machine, like an ice cream, and the ice cream doesn't work, just like on Chopped. And yes, that's what makes it so much fun. And I love it so much. And Alton Brown just stands there. He looks at what happens. Now, as he is playing like this maze master from the crystal maze, like, if you do this, you'll fill one of your ingredients and must use one of these. When it comes to the cooking portion of the show, yes, he's still trying to play the annoying asshole. But then off camera, he looks at the camera. He stares at what happens. And this is all post-production. Spoiler, this all happens outside of the studio. This is all in the second recordings. This isn't done live. He looks and goes, Oh, I see Chef uh, Gabriel. Uh, Chef Gabriel is trying to uh, use the blue cheese and, and and trying to squeeze it out. Now, obviously, wouldn't you be, a, if it was me, I'd rather pan fry it and use some of that blue cheese flavoring to help uh, supersede the hot sauce that's already there. So that way you already have a coolant with the hot sauce, but that would have been me. And it's always like some sort of like, if that if I was in that position, this is what I would have done. Or, you know, the problem with what he, ju- what he just did is he just used the waffle iron to cook. Now, the problem with the waffle iron is it takes a lot of time to heat up. So if you were to actually make fried chicken in the waffle iron, it's going to take a long time. So I, I would have not have done that. I would have just baked it. But <laughs> it was... It's always just fun. We get to the final round, and uh, and in this round, when it gets to the final round, instead of a uh, an auction house being done, you know, random interval, it's a surprise. It's at every like five minutes. You forfeit this challenge. You force the player to dump everything in the trash can and start again. What? No. <laughs> if you you know, have you ever heard of the, the penalty box in hockey? You win this challenge, you force your opponent to stay in the penalty box for five minutes, unable to cook, unable to do anything, just watch and sit as their entire kitchen burns. And it's just, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What I love about this show, I've already explained, is the MacGyverism of this. When you're in the sabotages, you have to think outside the box of what quantifies a Belgium waffle when you don't have a waffle maker uh if what constitutes guacamole if you don't have avocados and when you are instructed with guacamole and you have to present it to a judge who is expecting avocados and not getting any can you survive the settlement i don't know but what makes this show work is Sometimes the person who has no sabotages ends up fucking themselves over and they self-sabotage and they're out of the round. Other times you'll see someone go through hell and not go through and go through every sabotage in the entire vessel of Cuthrow Kitchen. Like we're talking four, four, and three, and they have gone through hell. They have basically not really touched the stove all episode and they have saved their money. And they're up against someone who has gone away unscathed in the final round. And as it turns out, they win. They leave Cutthroat Kitchen with the full $25,000. That's also a fun story. Other people 
don't really care about the money. They just want to win the show. So they will throw everything they can and win. And that also happens. So it becomes this really cool idea for a game show because sometimes someone wins with like $300. Other times people win with nothing. Other times people win with the full 25000 And it gets to this really fun story where it's like, sometimes they win $13,400. And I just enjoy that very much. Something about that makes it such a, an interesting format and I love the idea of like the idea of contestants screwing each other over in different competitions. I I think like like that should have been something in in a game show of some kind. Like I could see that on the mole. I could see that on Big Brother. I could see that on the challenge. Just something where like, hey everyone, here's five thousand dollars. Anyway, to avoid this leg of the race, just uh win this auction do i hear five hundred dollars it would have been just a fantastic challenge but i don't know i i i think that 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 kind of uh game play as much as i would love that on another format of another game show it just worked with cutthroat kitchen because it really showed the skills of a lot of chefs where if you have to make uh a Philly cheesesteak without steak or without squeezed cheese, can you get through it, is always a blast. To see someone sell basically a, a coleslaw as nothing more than a salad without any cabbage, always a thrill. And usually there's always a debate with Alton Brown and one of the contestants where if the judge likes something and Alton thought they wouldn't, it surprises Alton. Or the opposite. Alton says the judge is not going to like this. The contestant goes, no, they're going to enjoy it. I think they will. And the judge goes, I do not like this. Alton just looks at them like, you fucking idiot. I told you it's not going to work. And that's just funny. To me, This that is what makes a show work. Now, along the way, they have done tournament champions. They have done, uh, like, the winners of each of four episodes goes on to a final episode where they went went up to $50,000. They've had an outdoor version of the show called Camp Cutthroat, where everything was done outdoors, which means grills. But it also means, hey, you have to go out swimming and fish for your ingredient instead of this rudimentary pantry that we've constructed. And just... A lot of it just screams fun. And for me, that's what makes Cutthroat Kitchen work, is just this outside-the-box thinking. Now, I got to cut through one of my favorite things I've ever seen on on YouTube. Cutthroat Kitchen, I, I recommend you watch, just because of, even if you don't give a shit about cooking shows, you would enjoy the show. You would enjoy this more than Nailed It in some regards, but people forget about the show. But I remember they had a uh, testing the sabotages video and they had to make a, a waffle without using with using only uh, Ritz crackers. And I think it was like a fake milk, like a powder milk substance, I think. And 
No, it was strawberry milk. It was strawberry milk, and it was graham crackers and meringue. And, like, basically, the guy had to make meringue, mixes it with, like, graham crackers in a really crunchy mix, and then he mixed it with the strawberry milk, so he made a strawberry waffle. He puts it in the waffle iron. He grills it. Because this is some guy, because every single sabotage has to be tested. A, for safety, because challenge production. And two, does it actually, can you actually cook using this? Can you actually pull it off? And like, because every single one of these sabotages is kind of a puzzle. So as he makes a strawberry waffle, because he thinks it's going to fail and flop, he opens it up and it does rise and it does leaven. And he has this look of aha, and he's like, yeah, you're a waffle. Yeah, you're a waffle. I did it. And it's just like, that That works. A challenge approved. And sure enough, it ended up being used on the show. Another thing I love is that because Food Network really loved to do a little bit of after show, after a cutthroat kitchen, the judges would return, and they would talk about like the after show. Like, hey, so so-and-so had this sabotage. And the judges, who, once again, were completely in the dark and had no clue what the sabotages were, started going like, why? This is cruel. Why would you do this? That's a mad... Wait, so you're telling me I ate cat food instead of... And then it would like have the look of disgust, but it's like, eh, you know, it was really good cat food if that was the case. <laughs> that, that, that's what makes the show work. And... It's and then they always like try to retest the ingredients. The judges would play with one of the sabotages, and Alton would just try and recap what happened. That is what I loved about the show, and I don't know if there's ever a show that could duplicate what they did, which is why I loved Cutthroat Kitchen. So, in conclusion, Cutthroat Kitchen, the show where Four becomes three, three becomes two, and two ends up with one winner of up to $25,000. It has this mix of of cunning sabotage. It has a mix of a really cool auction format that you don't see anywhere else. It has a double-dare physical challenge element to it, and it has lots and lots of sharp objects. Oh, yes, someone has to chop with an axe instead of with a knife or with just a pair of scissors or maybe they have to uh, cook on a really tiny pan. Or they have to cook on just aluminum foil in a grill. It doesn't matter, but it's so good. Oh, man, it's so fun to watch. Because you never really know who wins. And everyone's painted to be the villain of the show. There is no hero edit whatsoever. So no matter who wins, you're just kind of going like, well, this asshole won. That's good, I guess. And you will watch the next one. I guarantee it. It is that fun of a show. So, in conclusion, I know the show was very cheap, very fast, but it's a recommendation. Please, find Cutthroat Kitchen where you can. I believe he was on Hulu the last time I checked. But as of this recording, could end up on Netflix. It could end up on Amazon Prime. But please do not lose this show. You have to find Cutthroat Kitchen. It is just absolutely brilliant. Bring it back. You don't have to change a damn thing. So 
in conclusion, besides watching Cutthroat Kitchen, watch all new episodes of Good Eats, available now. Thank you for watching. Good night, Big Smooch. Mwah!